Welcome to Maple Syrup Blood Money, Episode 4. As always, I am your first host, Kyle Carty, and with me, as always, is the Joaquin to my Kevin. Noah Carden. It is a beautiful day in the unknown state that I reside in, but the downside is it's fucking hot and there are a lot of birds outside my window. <laughs> I had to chase off a woodpecker like five minutes ago and now there is a songbird trying to get it in and it's really bugging me. So I had to close <laughs> the windows and now I got a case of swamp ass. I can't deal with this right now. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, welcome to TMI. Um, <clears throat> oh my gosh. So, that's our spinoff show. That's our spinoff show. So uh, this is episode four. Uh, what is the name of this epi? This is chapter four, The Last Picture Show. Which might be one of the most fitting uh, mm-hmm. titles next to maybe Body Double, which was uh, last week. and what? I think episode six also has a really good title. Oh, yeah? And that is... Faster Pussycat Kill Kill, <laughs> which is the that episode is a good, focusing that's the Josie on episode. A, yep, isn't that's the it? Josie episode. All right, that's that's actually a really really good. That's yeah. a really good one. I bet they started this whole naming convention just so they could do that. Yeah. Um. So this episode is pretty good. Yeah. I gotta say, this episode actually really lands well mm-hmm. after a very weak episode three. Yes, I think uh, the probably the the best parts about this episode is the fact that it starts pulling in starts pulling in threads from mm-hmm. like the first episode, which yeah. is great. It's it's really ready to start to bring the meta plot to the forefront. Yes, so uh, we start with what's once again as always some some Jughead voiceover, so, Jughead. a Jughead log, Jughead log TM. Yes. Um, he's lamenting the loss of the Twilight Drive-In in Riverdale. Um, it's It was his work, his home away from home. Um, and then he, he starts talking about how the uh, Riverdale is becoming uh, akin to the Salem Witch Trials with everybody be, being a suspect, everybody being interviewed uh, by Sheriff Keller. Everyone um, is a suspect, Juggy. Uh, and then we find out that, as per the last episode, Betty now suspects that Grundy and Archie were at the Sweetwater River together. Does this episode, the first scene, is this with like the ho- whole gang in Ch- Pop's Chocolate Shop? Or am I... Because that's my first uh, note. That, uh, we do that's get a bit. short scene of uh, Fred and Archie watching Grundy that's at a right. recital. Oh, that's um, right, that's right, that's right. I am, I am ahead of it here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, um, God, that must be so goddamn nerve-wracking for Archie and Grunderman. Oh, I know, right? Oh, my God. Like, she must have seen that dad in the in the crowd and been like, oh, I'm, I'm fucked. I yes. can't I can't nail this sick cello recital. Yes. Um, Fred invites Grundy to have dinner with him and Archie. Um, oh, I'm boy. getting some weird, like, tag team Andrews family. Oh, yeah, like, they're going to make an Andrews Eiffel is what they're going to make. They're going to make an Andrews (laughs) Eiffel Tower. It's going to be real weird. It's going to get real weird. (laughs) Um, And then we cut to Pop's drive-in, or uh, Pop's uh, chocolate shop, 
where uh, Jughead is just absolutely lamenting the death of the drive-in um, to Betty, Veronica, and Kevin. He starts um, to quote Quentin Tarantino, and out loud, I'm like, shut up. And Kevin yeah. backs me up. I am with you, Kevin. Fuck Tarantino. Jughead, shut up. I never thought yes. I would say that, but Juggy, shut up, you pretentious fuck. Yes. Like, I, I don't mind some, some Tarantino, but at the same time, he Dude's calls Tarantino the, the godfather of indie cinema. I'm like, what? Yeah, like, Jughead, have what? you ever seen a movie? <laughs> like, come on. Come on. No. Like, yeah. But yes, Kevin but I guess, steps up and I guess when you're 15 years old, of course you have bad opinions. You're 15. <laughs> you don't know any better. Uh so Jughead just is just mad as fuck, but uh nobody seems to understand why um apparently an anonymous buyer has acquired the drive-in from the city who the city actually owns it. Um and since they're not keeping it up or anything like that, they're just going to buy it and demolish the whole thing. Um then Jughead invites the, the, the gang to closing night, um, citing, and they all start citing movies that they think would probably be appropriate for it. Uh, Jughead says American Graffiti. Um, uh, Kevin suggests the talented Mr. Ripley. Um, and then we see that Betty seems kind of out of it. Uh, but when asked, she says she's fine, which she's obviously not, and then suggests Rebel Without a Cause. Oh, sick burn on Juggy. Yeah, uh, Jughead gives her a little smile, though, <clears throat> like a little, a little knowing smile. Um, and then uh, we get to see uh, Cheryl, like, <sighs> watching. Uh, like from as... across the hall in yeah. Pops. Also, quick question. Is it ever not night in Pops Diner? Like, like the Andrews clan is like, oh, we're about to go to Pops for, like, lunch. But now it's immediately dark out. Like, it's, like, yeah. 10 at night at Pops Diner. Like, it's I don't think there's ever been a scene there where there's sun. It's you in, know like, its what? Own I don't think there is. It's in its own, like, pocket dimension of, like, eternal darkness. Yeah, like, it's, it's just like a video game. You go to this one area and it's always night. Yeah, welcome <laughs> to it. Yeah, it, I noticed it this episode for the first time because it was because it's so bright out. Like, the recital for Grundy looks like something that would be occurring at noon when, yeah. like, stuff like that happens. But then it's 10 at night when they arrive at Pops. Yeah, it's, it's Pops of the Boreal Valley. <laughs> Deep cut. Oh, my God, I just finished that DLC last night. Uh, oh, sure. I City. need to get on it. it. The last boss is is fucking tight. It's a really good fight, but the rest nice. of the DLC is hot garbage. Oh, yeah. But, um... So anyway. Sh Cheryl is like, if I knew that Veronica's mom was a waitress, I wouldn't have let her on the River Vixens because yeah. it ruins our image. It's like, God... Oh, my God, Cheryl, I hate you. Uh, Cheryl goes to pay for, a, pay for her meal or give her a tip or something like that, and... Uh, says that make sure that this makes it in the till. I know the lodges have sticky fingers. Um, Fuck you, Cheryl. And then Hermione immediately shoots back and is like, I went to high school with your mother <laughs> and she wouldn't know the difference between money and class. She didn't know the difference between money and class either. Sick burn mom. Good job. Call yeah. the burn ward. And then... Uh, Archie, Fred, and Miss Grundy arrive at Pops, and oh shit is about to go down. Yeah, like, the, the fucking boiling point gets hit very early in this episode, and then it just boils over, like, three more times. Yeah. Um, 
Betty sees it, and she immediately is like, I gotta go talk to them. God, like um, a dog with a bone. Yeah, Jughead is like, oh shit, no, stay down. <laughs> he, for the rest of the scene, is like crouching in his chair. Like, yeah. he does not sit erect for the rest of the scene. He's like, he's in the corner of the booth, like, crouched down as much as possible. Like, it's amazing. Um, Archie is uh, dragged outside by Betty, um, who asks if there's anything he wants her to tell her. Um, he says no. And then Betty immediately just drops the bomb, saying... She knows about Miss Grundy, that she was at the river, and asked if he was with her. Um, Archie then immediately outs himself and says, did Jughead tell you? Good good job, Archie. I, I'm sure you'd be a great detective. <laughs> oh, Archie, you dumb, dumb, handsome man. Uh, he, he is a blockhead. Every That's... episode, he does something blockheaded, Charlie Brown. Um... Betty then asks, like, why does Jughead know? Like, why don't I know? Um, Veronica comes back from, I guess, talking to her mom. And she sees that Betty and Archie are are outside. And is like, oh, shit, I gotta go get in on this. She's like, (laughs) that's exactly what she is. She's like, oh, I see a fight occurring. I'm gonna go get right in the middle of it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Leaving Kevin incredibly baffled as to what life was like before Veronica arrived. God, I am with you, Kevin. I am with you. I forgot, too, because she is just a tour de force. Oh, God, I love Veronica so much. She's the best! Um, I'm I'm doing this entire recap with, like, the biggest grin on my face. Um, I I love her. Like, so she comes out there, and she's like, Archie Andrews, are you banging your teacher? And (laughs) Betty is like, like, what is she to you, a girlfriend? A booty tutor? (laughs) A tootie booter? It's like, oh, Betty. All right. Oh, it's so great. I might love Um, Veronica more, but damn it, Betty, I do love you too. I'm already back on your team after last episode. um, Archie is uh, basically just now caught between everything and is forced to basically confess and, like, you know... Um, they talk about, like, you know, this is totally fucking illegal, not to mention kind of gross. Yeah, like, not... what are you doing? Not a single one of them. Like, he looks to Veronica to, like, back him up, and she's like, nah, dog, it's weird. It's illegal and creepy. Yeah. Um, Betty is just stunned into silence and is basically dragged off as her mother shows up, nearly, like, running them all over and, like, pulling them her into the car. She does, like, a burnout when she leaves, too. Yeah. She's such an asshole. Um, then, uh, when she gets home, Betty starts investigating Miss Grundy and just puts the name Geraldine Grundy into Sleuther, which is apparently, like, the... The Google for private detectives, I guess. Yeah, that's that's one of the p- police databases, I guess. Something. Whatever. Um, then we get to, uh, a quick shot of Cheryl sitting in her drop-top, like, T-Bird or Cadillac or something like that. Like, At first, I thought they were drinking codeine. <laughs> like, yeah, she's got, like, a little, like, hip flask. Yeah, it's it's like a glass bottle and the neon lights make the amber liquid look kind of like like red codeine. And I was like, is Cheryl about to make like double cup? Like, what's your (laughs) fucking plan here? (laughs) They roll hard in Riverdale. Oh, dude, Um, they they fucking love drinking codeine. (laughs) But um, she um, spots Hermione 
behind Popses, and she has like a weird way of bringing it up. She's like, "Ooh, tiddly dee, what do mine little eyes see?" <laughs> she's just like a little. Uh, oh God, yeah, she's just like the sprite. Yeah, she's like a fucking Brothers Grimm fairy. <laughs> yeah. And um, so Hermione is behind there talking to a Southside snake. Uh, Southside serpent. Sorpents. Uh, she's talking to a sorpent about something, and mm-hmm. uh, Cheryl takes a picture of it because why is she talking to a gang member? Because the sorpents are a gang that haunts the south side of Riverdale. If yep. their name couldn't be more on the nose, yeah, you know, you, you it's anything. Riverdale is anything but original. Hey, Archie Comics expert, um, are yes. this like did did the old Archie Comics like have a gang? That's a good question. That's actually something I didn't actually look into. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if there was, like, a biker gang in, like, the the 50s, 60s era of Archie comics. Yeah, right? Like, it's it's such a thing that wouldn't surprise me. Okay, so continue with the scene. I'm going to Google that while you do that. Okay. So, uh, the next day at school, Archie uh, asked Jughead why, like, why the no heads up? Like, why didn't you warn me that Betty and Veronica were, like, going to interrogate me about Grundy? Um as uh, Jughead hands out flyers for the final show at the drive-in. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. I did not mean to interrupt. The Southside Serpents could not be more amazing in the comics. Oh, oh god. my god. All right. Tell us. Tell Okay. So it looks like... <laughs> Holy shit. Oh my god. So the Southside... <laughs> okay. I got to compose myself. <sighs> okay. So the Southside Serpents were like a little gang of little tough children in the Archie Comics universe. And they were like little children who would bully Archie and friends in events such as the Great Jelly Bean Treasure War of 1959. They're just a little, <laughs> they're just a little group of fat little Aryan children who would throw like apples at Archie. <laughs> So, yes, dear listener, they were very different in the comics. <laughs> oh, my God, we've completely derailed the episode. I'm so sorry. I could not let this go. I forgot oh everything we have talked about. We have to start the episode over. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, my God. This is Maple Syrup One. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jaqueen, one of the <laughs> Southside servants. Shh, shh, we'll get to that. Oh my god. Oh, right, that's right. We already did it in the beginning. Oh my god. Okay. Take a breath. Take a um, breath. Okay, what happened? Where where the fuck were we? So, Jughead is handing out flyers. Archie's like, what the fuck, man? Why no heads up? Um, Jughead says that by his nature, he's a conscientious objector, and saying nothing to all parties was the most moral thing to do, which, goddammit, Jughead. Come on, dude. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Archie is worried about Betty outing uh, him and Grundy to, in the, the school paper, but Jughead re- reassures him that Betty most likely wouldn't do something that would actually hurt him. Which is fair. Yeah, which is true. <laughs> um, uh, Jughead then asks, you know, like, what's your intentions with Grundy? Um, Archie says he wants, you know, a, a relationship with her, like, as long as they possibly can. Um, 
Jughead, this is a great line by Jughead. Jughead says he understands and that he's trying to hold on to something a lot older than him, too. I, I wrote that down, too, because that's like Jughead's first mention of, of this episode's stinger, more or less. Yeah. His particular problems with certain older figures. Yes. Um, I took it, like, he, he does it as he puts up a flyer for the... the um, the drive-in, which I think the audience is supposed to kind of, it's and it's partially about the, the the flyer. It's layered, and it's, it's got also nuance. like a kind of burn at at Archie. Like, dude, you're dating like a 34 year old woman. You're dating a 34 year old pedophile, dude. <laughs> um, but yes, there's a little bit more to it as we learn later in the episode. Um, then uh, we get a interview session between. Betty and Grundy, uh, for the paper. For the paper. Uh, yeah. Uh, cool. Where Betty starts asking like, some probing questions about her past, like where she's from, like what schools that she used to work at, things like that. For um, how stupid and obvious Betty's plot was last episode, and how idiotic that young man had to be to fall for it, this pedophile does not fall in for this like obvious trap. Yeah. Um, she asks if she's done uh, any independent study, like with Archie before. Um, she mentions a couple students and Jason Blossom, which is a big red flag for bum, Betty. Bum, bum. Betty asks if she thought Jason was cute. Yeah, like, what an <laughs> like, awful thing to say. Like, oh yeah, it's terrible what happened to him. By the way, he was pretty cute, right? And she's like, oh, you stupid bitch. And then she yeah, excuses herself. Like, yeah, it's like, I don't think about my students that way, and it's like, I have to go do something else now. You've just totally blown your cover. Yeah, like, full-on, like, the music and the exclamation marks from Metal Gear Solid start playing, and you've been found out. Yeah. Betty Snake, like, goddamn. Um, Veronica and Kevin are talking about um, drive-in traditions, like, and they decide to go together since they don't really have anybody else to go with. Um, and okay, I'm not sure if you wrote down this this sick Cheryl burn, <laughs> but Kevin's like, oh great, another night, another hag, and then Cheryl walks in and she's like, oh, speaking of hags, talking to Veronica. <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, great. good job, Cheryl. I'm back on your team. <laughs> yes. Uh, Cheryl informs Veronica of um, her mother meeting with a Southside serpent, to which. Uh, Kevin exposits what that is. Um, and then uh, Veronica calls Cheryl a stock character from a 90s teen movie. I wrote down that too because that is a sick burn. We're, we're getting a little meta now. <laughs> oh. uh, oh, and then uh, Veronica decides to go ask her mom what they could have been doing. Um, and mom's like, oh, mija, I would never lie to you. And it's like, <laughs> mom, you lied right now. You yeah. just You're, you just did it. Those exact that exact sentence was a lie. Yes. Um Yeah, she she Hermione tries to explain it off as, you know, some old high school friends that have become serpents, things like that. They were like, you know, uh heckling her, you know, harassing her, and she just told them off. Um Then we get uh Junkhead. Uh, talking to Mayor McCoy about um, how the drive-in has become a cesspool and um, how Andrew's construction is set to demolish it on Monday. Um, Jughead is trying to plead with uh, the mayor to... Um, spare it, essentially. Yeah, to basically he, to, to spare it. He goes for a very emotional appeal, and mm -hmm. 
I mean, frankly, Jughead, like the mayor says, that was a sweet speech, but uh, money talks, shit walks. Yeah, exactly. Um, then at Pop's Diner, which I think, I think this might be a day shot. <gasps> All beans, I think you're right. <laughs> All beans? I just decided just now that I'm going to stop being profane and I'm going to start using, like, old school... Because like when I'm not doing this podcast, like when I'm at work, I have to like curb profanity. So I'm like, oh shucks, oh beans, oh darn. So I like that's like my vernacular. So I decided just to be more professional on this show just now and to use more archieisms. <laughs> okay, I'm down. That's cool. all right. Let's do it. Um. So at the at Pop's Diner. Yeah, it might be a day shot. I think you're right. Uh, Betty reveals that aside from a year ago, there is no record of Grundy. Except for, like, some 90-year-old woman who died last year or something. And that must be old Grundy. She's she's gone now. So she did exist, Noah. She was real. Yes. That's probably my favorite part about this episode is the fact that they show a picture of... Of someone who looks like they would be an actual Geraldine Grundy. Yes. Yes. Actual Geraldine Grundy. She looks kind of like the, the art for her in the old comics. Um... But apparently she died like seven years ago, and now new Miss Grundy, uh, new hot young Miss Grundy, is like assuming her identity or something like that. Yeah, she rolls into town like one of the Cullen siblings, like, oh, they only just started existing this year. Yeah. Um, Archie asks where they got this info. Veronica jokes about, oh, the deep web, the dark internet. Oh, we just Googled it. We Googled it, you dipshit. It's LinkedIn and Facebook. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Archie asks, like, why they're doing this. Um, He knows that, like, he's got something good going on and that he doesn't feel threatened. Like, Grundy isn't a threat to him. Um, uh, Betty brings up that she taught Jason. But uh, Archie, you know, it's like she taught a lot of people. She's a um, teacher, Betty. It's kind geez. of her job. Uh, Archie then asks, you know, for Betty to just let it go. Um, and he goes off to uh, Grundy's place uh, and and asks to know uh, more about her uh, while they, they watch a movie since they can't go out together. This would be a sweet scene. If it wasn't statutory rape. Yes. Because it's very well written and it's very sweet. And like the writers clearly want me to get on board this ship train, but I cannot. I will no. not sign off on this. It's it's gross no matter which way you look at it. Yeah. Um, like it would be just as gross if it was old woman Grundy as if it was current Grundy. I mean, there would be an extra layer of, like, physical grossness, but that's not really the grossness we need to worry about. Um, Grundy says that, you know, uh, she studied at Juilliard, she tried out for a bunch of symphonies in New York and things like that, but it just didn't really work out. Um, that uh, it's just a dream of hers. Uh, and that uh, Archie says, you know, like, this is a dream, this whole thing. Um, and, like, you know, where does this where does this end? Um, and Grundy says, you know, that for her, this is enough. This is all she really needs. <laughs> yeah, cause All she needs is a 50-year-old muscly boy. F- he's 15, not 50, young man. Yes. I'll have you know. But, um, 15. yeah, like, she's like, oh, well, if it is a dream, at least it's a good dream. It's like, okay, way to lead him on. Like, uh-huh. as an adult, 
I know that, that what that fucking means and that what that freaking means and that's not gonna go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, stick to the, the oh, Archie. Oh beans! I I done did a swear again. Oh shucks. <laughs> oh, oh forgive me. Uh, as <laughs> so last last episode, I talked about because we always talk about. Veronica's like stealth yes. attire. Yes. And this is the mantle I was referring to. Yes. Her like bright magenta like mantle of like cat's it's... grace. Like her, yeah. her shadow cloak that can make her invisible because it is so bright you can pick it out anywhere. And she yeah. decides to wear it as they break into Mrs. Grundy's car to find some dirt on her. And it's not even like a full length like cloak. No, it's like a, it's a, a mantle. Short, yeah, yeah, it's just enough to cover like up to like her her waist. Almost. Oh, come oh, on, God. like you gotta have. There, you can be fashionable while you're committing felonies, but like be intelligently fashionable. Yeah. Wear gray if you have to wear something that isn't black. Yeah, um, but yes, they break into. Um, Miss Grundy's VW Bug, uh, Betty showing that she's incredibly adept with a Slim Jim. Yeah, she jimmies the heck out of that locks. Like, oh shucks, girl. Yeah. Uh, apparently, her and her dad used to fix cars uh, together, um, and they they hop right on into our car. Also, want to point this one out. Uh, they're not wearing gloves, which uh, rookie mistake, y'all, if uh, 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 we do not condone committing crimes, but like, hypothetically, if you ever did or had committed a crime, wear gloves. Yeah. Wear gloves. You I mean, idiots. any kind of gloves helps, but yeah. Like, wear gloves and a hat so that way, like, your hair doesn't get everywhere. Anyway, no, don't don't commit crimes, kids. It's It's no good. Uh, in the car, they find a lockbox with hat, which has uh, Grundy's old license, uh, revealing her name to be Jennifer Gibson from Minnesota. Minnesota, much a much more like human name. Mm-hmm. Jennifer Gibson. Yes. Um, and, and they find something else. They find something else, which like Betty immediately assumes to be like a crime within itself. Like, <laughs> yeah, she finds a gun, like a little snub nose revolver. <laughs> That's a, th- a that's a pretty revolver. hefty. No, that thing is pretty hefty looking. I like. I mean, it's maybe in their hands. That's uh, possibly. I, I don't know. It yeah. It looks like a little a little snub revolver. It's it's by no means a purse gun. Like let's yeah. let's be perfectly clear. That that gun will blow a hole in you. But um, <clears throat> like Betty takes this as a sign that clearly she did it. Like yeah. Like you can't own a gun. In Betty's mind, or else you must be a criminal. Like exactly, Betty. Am I? Did I shoot Jason Blossom because I own a gun? No, but things are definitely starting to stack up. Yes, we just um, we just don't know like the caliber of the bullet that killed Jason. <laughs> if it was a thirty-eight, then we got something to talk about. Yeah, or maybe a three-seven. Uh, Betty and Veronica then decide to confront Archie on his way home, uh, telling him what they found. Uh, they try to warn Archie away from Grundy, but he doesn't want to hear it. Um, Jughead then goes to, uh, Fred Andrews to try and convince him to hold off demolishing the drive-in until he can find who the buyer is and try and convince them to not, you know, pave the entire, uh, drive-in. Um, Fred says that this is a big contract for him, like, they need this. Um, and then Jughead says, oh, 
I guess this would be the first time he put a Jones out of work. Damn. And then, uh, but, yeah, like, Mr. Andrews is not having any of that because he comes back. He was like, Jughead, listen, I'm sorry, but your dad was straight up stealing from work sites. I had to let him go, yeah. which is reasonable. Mm-hmm. Like, don't Definitely. skim. Don't skim. It's that simple. Yeah. Uh, and then we get another scene of uh, Hermione Lodge showing up to Mayor McCoy's office with a familiar piece of luggage. Dirty money. Dirty money. Dirty money. Uh-oh. It looks like Mayor McCoy's in bed with Mrs. Lodge. <laughs> uh, she drops off a donation to her re-election campaign. Like... Okay. That is... It's like some, like... It's like it's supposed to be in a city, but they forgot that Riverdale is this quiet little town where a mayor's re-election campaign isn't, like, just a thousand dollars. Yeah, like, it's not... It's not... This isn't New York or Chicago or someplace where it's, like, millions of dollars on the line for You don't have to, like, grease the wheels of, like, the sketchy dock workers union. Like, that's not what's happening in Riverdale. (laughs) The the maple syrup union. Oh, dude. The loggers and... if, If the maple syrup distributors and the logging union do not become pivotal, like, members of her re-election... That is a wasted opportunity for all this money. That's all I'm going to say. Oh my gosh, that would be amazing. Um, But for the the, uh, the donation, quote, 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 um, Lodge Industries receives the drive-in lot. So there we go. The the Lodge Industries is buying the drive-in. For reasons unknown. For reasons unknown. Um... Archie then goes to confront uh, Grundy about her real name, who she really is. Uh, Grundy then explains her tragic backstory of how she was in an abusive relationship. um, And she just couldn't take it anymore after being hospitalized like twice. Um, And so she runs away, uh, changes her name, gets a divorce. um, Lives here. And then, yeah, moves to Riverdale and... uh, predators on some uh some 15 year olds i don't buy it i don't buy it if it did happen i'm very sorry that happened to you that is unacceptable still does not excuse you or make me empathize with you for being a pedophile i can empathize with you for being an abuse survivor but i don't believe you i at this point i am convinced that this is just more manipulation yeah um archie does console her though uh, and then we get a scene at the Keller's house. Um, good Kevin, dad. Good dad making his appearance. Good dad. Good dad, Sheriff Keller. Best um, dad. Yeah. Best Kevin adult. comes to uh, check in on his dad and bring him like a, a cup of coffee or something. Um, and sees his uh, murder wall. His true uh, detective yeah. ass murder wall. Yeah. Red strings, photos, news clippings. Um, and then Kevin asks to borrow the truck to go to the drive-in. Um, Dad asks if he has a date. Kevin says no. He's just going with Veronica. And then Sheriff Keller asks, is there not a nice gay kid at his school? To which Kevin replies, <laughs> yeah, there is. Me. It's me, Dad. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh man, I am so glad that this is the angle they decided to take with Sheriff Keller. 
Like, it is such a breath of fresh air when you compare it to, like, other uh, gay youth and parent interaction stories that we've seen a lot of in recent years. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's just fantastic that the dad yeah, is just so fucking cool. He's totally supportive. Um, I couldn't do with another bad parent in this show. I really couldn't. Yeah. yeah, I think so far, out of screen time to parenting and everything like that, uh, Sheriff Keller is probably the best parent so far. By leaps and bounds. And then and then Fred. Fred. Yeah, Fred. Yeah. Even as far as I've watched in episode 7, Fred doesn't really do anything that I feel like a good parent wouldn't do. He yeah. has his problems, but he is a good dad. Yeah. Um, um, and and But speaking of good dads, best dad uh, basically says, okay, here's the keys for the truck, but no prowling for boys tonight <laughs> in those forests. It's like, okay, first off, dad, does that mean that the woods on the south side of town are just a big gay hookup spot because that's oh, a very deliberate thing you just said there. Oh, is that God. where like American senators go to have gay sex on the DL? <laughs> they're they're oh jeez, there's some sort of um like syrup and and tapping the trees reference here that I feel there's a joke building somewhere but I can't quite get to it. <laughs> yeah, like if you don't say that joke perfectly, I will gag, but if you manage to execute it, I will probably die of laughter because that sounds choice. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, he says no cruising for guys tonight, to which Kevin replies, oh my god, Dan. <laughs> like, youthful embarrassment, and just, again, I can't say it enough, oh, such a refreshing scene. Such a fucking refreshing scene to just see, a, like, a normal parent-child interaction that normally would get written for a straight child and a regu- and like a, a parent. Like, super refreshing. Very happy with this entire scene. Definitely. Definitely. Um, Sheriff Keller's like, I'm serious. It's very dangerous on the south side of town, out in the, the forest and all that stuff. Um, and it just shows a general concern for his son. Uh, and it's, it's, it's great. Good dad. Um, Hal and Alice Cooper yeah. then decide to confront uh, Fred about Archie uh, not being around Betty. Speaking of bad parents... Oh, yeah. Awful parents. Awful. Um, like, this dude, like, is emotionally abused, too. I think the husband's a victim of Alice Cooper. Yeah. Yeah, kinda. He's definitely, um... He's definitely under heel, it feels. Yeah, for sure. Like, she, um, she's a villain who has broken a human being. Uh, Fred says uh, Archie's a good kid and that, um, you know, he doesn't see a problem with them hanging out. Uh, Allison says that he lives next door, or she lives next door, and uh, she sees Archie sneaking out at all hours of the night. Um, uh, Archie... Then we get a scene with Archie telling Betty about uh, Grundy's whole situation. Um, Betty says that, okay, that's a cool story. It's still, you know, pedophilia, bro. Yeah, dog. It's uh, still not okay. Yes. Um, it, she says, you know, it's not good for either one of them. It's not a healthy relationship. Um, and Archie says he'll deal with it on his own terms. Oh, also, I, I feel like I should point this out. Uh, good job, children. I see that you heard me yelling in the background uh, during some of your last scenes. They were walking on the sidewalk. Good job, <laughs> children. You're learning. <laughs> well, it's during the day this time, so they're like... Yeah, so... They're more likely to get run over. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Oh, my God. Well, 
I rode my bike in the middle of the str- in like the middle of highways at night when I was 15. So, yeah. like I guess walking is not that bad. But listen, children, I'm I'm just your good surrogate dad. I'm your good good surrogate <laughs> uncle, and I just want you to be safe. Good old Uncle Cardi. Uncle Cardi. And this is not an uncle who will get really weird with you people. Like, I'm not going to buy you beer and ask to hang out at your party. Like, I'll (laughs) buy you beer and then I'll leave. And maybe I'll try to flirt with Veronica's mom because, God, she's beautiful. Uh, Speaking of Veronica's mom, uh, Hermione and Fred are uh, at the drive-in together. um, Or going to be going to the drive-in together. This is a scene where... um, She's talking, Hermione is talking to uh, her um, butler. Her butler, and uh, they reveal the plans. Yes. She's making up some sort of plan and using Fred Andrews as a cover. Um, Yeah, she uh, she wants to go there, and she believes, like, she's being very vague about, like, oh, the deal will go down at the place, and uh it'll be much less suspicious if... I go if it's if it's just a woman going there, someone going there with an old friend rather than just an old hag going there. And Buttlesworth is just like, you're not an old hag, Mrs. Lodge. And she's like, yeah, I know it was a joke, dummy. I'm super hot. Like, have you looked at me? <laughs> I am. I am a beautiful, beautiful woman. Don't um, bait Buttlesworth. He's nothing but supportive of you. Yes. Um, Alice Cooper is then putting away some laundry in Betty's uh, drawer, and she finds... Now, Betty. Okay. Betty. You too? What were you thinking? (laughs) I heard those claps. What What? were you thinking? What were you... Why would you bring the gun home with you? Great hiding spot, Betty. Just put it in... Just gonna throw it in my underwear drawer. They'll never look for it there. It's like, Betty... You, your mom has done your laundry for 15 years, and you know she's going to do your laundry. Don't put it where she puts your laundry. Hide it somewhere else. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Betty, I thought you were a smart sleuth, but it turns out you're just a dumpy dunce. <laughs> she's not so, dumpy. She's not dumpy. I take that back. No, she's... I meant mentally dumpy, like dumb. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Alice finds the gun in Betty's, uh, drawer, and then, like, does, uh, she, um, d- does she not think that Grunderman isn't gonna, like, be like, where's my gun? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, I don't, I can't, I can't. Like, there's, I can't. A, there's so much wrong with every move Betty made. Like, I feel like if Betty mentioned she was gonna take the gun, Veronica would have been like, are you stupid? No. <laughs> yeah, why did Veronica not stop her? I don't think like, she it's knew. A, it's a big-ass revolver. Like, how are you Like, how are you not seeing her pocket that? I think Betty just, like, had a really good sleight-of-hand check and just, like, blammo, it's gone. <laughs> Look over there. You've got something on your purple mantle. Like... <laughs> She's like, oh, that's a purple mantle. It's great. Where did you get it? And she, like, looks down at the mantle and, like, raises it up, and that's when she puts it away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... So, uh, Alliston immediately starts going through, uh, Betty's diary, and because, like, and secrets can't be, can't be kept anywhere. Betty, Betty makes Betty a second dumb move. Yeah. Oh my god, Betty. 
Betty Betty just decides to write down how she thinks Archie and Grundy are having a relationship in her diary that doesn't have like even the flimsiest of locks on it. Yeah, like, like and it's just like in a drawer. Your mom knows exactly where it is. Your mother's yeah. insane and obviously reads it regularly. And then mm-hmm. you hide a gun in your fucking underwear drawer. Like one, not good gun safety. Two, oh my god, bad A, you're supposed to be better yeah, than this. Yeah, is the gun loaded? For sure. For sure it's loaded. Because like, what the, in, oh my in god. what I believe is the very next scene when Betty is returning home, mom throws the goddamn door open and has her finger like hovering over the trigger of the gun as she's like gesticulating with it. Which is like, mom... Get some goddamn trigger discipline. Get your gosh darn dang finger away from that trigger. <laughs> you silly Billy. You you goose and gander, get it away from there. You're gonna <laughs> shoot your daughter. Um But yes, so uh she drags Betty off to go find answers. Um at the drive in, uh we are playing Rebel Without a Cause. Hmm. 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 Uh, and Jughead is a sad boy in of the protection room. Of course he is. Room. Poor, poor Juggy. Yeah. Uh, so, now, Kevin and Veronica are sitting in the back of uh, Kevin's truck, looking the cutest. Oh, my God. Oh, they yeah. They are so adorable together. They it are. Is, they're great. I love them. They're so cute. They're, they're all cuddled up with, like, blankets and popcorn and, and drinks and Just all that stuff. And then cuddly pals. who butts her big, red-headed butt into their their cute little cuddle session. She pulls up literally right behind the bed of the truck. Like yeah. she parks horizontal in a vertical yeah. parking lot. Double, double parking. Come on, Cheryl. Cheryl, you fuck, you freaking goon. Like and then so I in order to finish this episode in time to um to uh make it in time for our recording time. I had to watch this episode on times and a half speed. So oh it, was, it was pretty fast. I managed to catch everything except for what Cheryl says when she like gets in the car and they put up no resistance. She's basically just like, Hey, move your butts. I'm sitting with you. It's like, yeah, I don't, I don't think I actually wrote down what she says, yeah. but yeah, she just butts her way into their little cuddle session. Why? And Why does she I do think- this? I don't like aside from her being like a terrible person, I think it's just Cheryl is just so insecure that she needs to be around people that she tortures all the time. Yeah, like are like I th- I feel like Cheryl wants to be friends with these people, but she like doesn't know how or is deficient she, in some way that she like she, can't. She's just been so awful for so long. She doesn't know how any other way to interact with people. Yeah, she has become, um, like, th- how other people would call her. Like, which is sad in its own way, because I want everyone to be okay. Even yeah. even these terrible, terrible people. Like, I want them to be happy and okay and not feel the need to do this to one another. Exactly. But, um, and then after there... Uh, we get yeah. the 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 apple dumpling gang back there. Apparently, the Southside yes. Serpents, who were previously the Apple Dumpling Gang, uh, <laughs> hooting and hollering and just being regular rascal hooligans. And yeah. um, he uh, Kevin shushes them. Uh, they laugh and ridicule him. And Veronica stands up and is basically like, "Hey, 
do you know what happens to a snake when it gets stepped on by a Louis Vuitton heel? You're about to find out. And then people cheer. Uh-huh. And, like, the gang is so well behaved that they don't, like, say, like, hey, fuck you, bitch. Yeah. Like, they just, like, <laughs> quietly go back to watching the movie, which I yeah. guess might harken back to their original form of just being some, like, children who needed discipline. <laughs> um, as so One quick thing. As Kevin turns around to shush them, oh, yeah. he makes eye contact with a, a sexy snake. A sexy snake. A sexy Ooh. snake. snake. Um, but yes, uh, Veronica manages to, manages to shush the uh, the the serpents. Um, we also get a quick scene of uh, Hermione and Fred reminiscing about their date in high school um, at the drive-in. But boy, does that quick scene get interrupted with yes. probably the only good thing that Alice Cooper has ever done. She. <laughs> She's, like, smashing on the windshield of, yes. like, one of the windows with, like, the butt of a uh, flashlight, like, a big yeah. mag light. Yeah. And she's she just straight up is like, sorry to interrupt your adultery, Fred, but we have a situation. <laughs> it's like, okay. her best line so far. Good job, Alice. I will never be on your team, but game recognize game. Yeah. Good job. Oh my god, uh, so good. Yeah. Um yeah, so Alice drags Fred off to 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 confront uh Grundy and Archie about their illicit affair. Uh Hermione had left just before that to go take care of some business. Uh um, Yep. Uh Kevin is then forced to go get refills by Cheryl. Um and as uh Cheryl and Veronica kind of scoot spots, uh Veronica sees Hermione going around the backside of the, like, uh, concession stand projection room type thing. Yeah, one of the buildings to get uh, with a snake. So she's being very sketchy right now. Yeah, and you see uh, one of the serpents go along with her. Um, At the concession stand, Kevin is getting snacks um, when he spots uh, some making out uh, patrons of the drive-in. And he just starts adding on the snacks. Oh, man. Like, it starts off with just a cherry cola and some corn, but then he wants, like, some beans, some red vines, a hot dog, because who am I trying to impress? Uh, but they're out of dogs, I am, of course. I am so... I want a hot dog so bad. Like, I'm not even crazy into hot dogs, but, like, anytime this show I, mentions food, I get, like, the idealized, like, comic book food version of that stuck oh, in my yeah. head. I want, oh, like, yeah. a beautiful cheese dog with mustard and some kraut and okay. i want like, we're it's it's like lunchtime right now so like you're saying all this and yeah. i'm getting really really hungry so Listen, i'm gonna go get food as soon as we're done recording this. i'm starving oh. so if i'm gonna suffer you're gonna suffer with me i want <laughs> okay. it so bad oh my god um so speaking of wanting it so bad uh <laughs> the sexy snake shows up and not uh, so tough uh, without your beard yeah not so tough without your beard, huh? Oh, man. And there's, like, some eye contact. And then we get a cut to the next scene where um, Veronica uh, is spying on her mother, talking to the serpent. Uh, talking to the serpent. She's giving him some money for a, a job well done. The serpent's like, oh, this isn't enough. And it's like, well, my husband's in jail. You know, like, getting this money isn't exactly easy. Yeah, this is the um, agreed upon amount. Don't fuck with me. I'm sorry, yeah. don't, don't, uh, aw, sh- aw beans, don't try to pull a fast one on me. Yeah. Um, 
now pay attention to this particular serpent. He's the one that was at the diner beforehand. He's the one that Hermione's talking to now. Keep we your eye on him. We'll learn a little him. bit more about him a little later. Keep your eye uh, on him. Yep. Uh, Archie uh, then brings Grundy uh, a gift, a very nice uh, bow, bow for her uh, cello, upright bass, something along those lines. Yeah, it's like $500. Yeah. Um, he mentions that uh, he sold one of his guitars to oh uh, buy it. Archie, Which, Archie, you do not need to be sexually abused and financially abused. Yeah, like, what the hell? Stop um, it. But he, he says it's a both a thanks for everything that she's done for him. Uh, you can take that in multiple, multiple ways. Um, <laughs> and also sort of a, a goodbye present. Yeah. Because he, they're, they're kind of ending their relationship now. Um, but... Oh, they certainly are, because guess they, who they, kicks the door down? In comes Alice, Fred, and Betty, like, barging in right as they're, like, mid-hug, like, yeah, hugging like goodbye. Embraced. Um, um, and Alice just straight up, like, what the hell is going on here kind of thing. Um, and then we get a quick cutscene back to uh, what appears to be, like, some feet scuffling and, like, there's chain-link fence like being rattled and oh. things like that. Oh, oh no. Someone oh, no. must What's be getting happening? beaten up <laughs> or uh, beaten off because yeah. it turns out that uh, Kevin and Sexy Snake are, uh, I mean, surprise, surprise, Sexy Snake is a gay boy uh, and they are smooching good. Yeah, they are They are going at it. Um, uh, Sexy Snake introduces himself as Joaquin. 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 Um, and Kevin immediately says, give me your phone. <laughs> I'm going to put my number in it. And puts his number in it. Uh, Joaquin looks at it and is like, wait, your name is Kevin Keller? Like As Sheriff Keller? Sheriff Keller. Um, Kevin asks if that's a problem. Joaquin rolls up his sleeve, revealing his Southside Serpent's tattoo. He's like, only says, if this is a problem. And Kevin immediately says... Oh, I don't, oh dog, I don't know. Oh. Uh, I won't tell if you won't. Ooh, Kevin. <laughs> We've got like a very a very homoerotic Romeo and Juliet situation brewing, and I'm invested <laughs> emotionally. Yeah. I hope neither of them drinks fake poison. I I really hope not, especially not Kevin. Especially Kevin's not Kevin. Great. Joaquin, listen, you're great. I'm glad that you're smooching my boy Kevin. I'm glad he's finally getting some some action. But uh, if one of you has to go, I'd prefer it to you. Yeah, I mean, it's it's about time Kevin got some action without stumbling over a dead body. Oh, jeez. It's it, just nice to get back on that horse. Yeah. Ra- get back on that sex pony. <laughs> um, um, so then back to Grundy, uh, the Grundy situation. Oh, boy. Um, Alice calls Grundy a child predator. The only good thing she's ever done. Correct, Alice. You have two good lines this episode. Sorry to interrupt your adultery, Fred, and calling the pedophile a pedophile. Good job, Alice. Um, Archie tries to stand up for Grundy, saying she's not a predator and that she's a good person. Archie, yes, she is. (laughs) Uh, Alice says that they need to go to the sheriff, but um, Archie then says, you know, he went after Grundy. He, He was, like, he wanted it first. Um, that I was asking for it. Look what I was wearing. <laughs> oh, God. Archie, don't say that. Um, Betty, the entire time, is very distraught and just, like, trying to apologize silently to Archie uh, before she stands up to her mother asking why she's putting Grundy on trial. But um, 
Alston says that it's not about Grundy or just about Grundy. It's also about exposing Archie for the terrible person that he is and making Betty see that. Psycho. And then Fred's like not having it. Yeah, Fred's like, all right, listen, you big toot. You big <laughs> you big jerk butthead. I'm going to give you such such a chewing of your ear. But uh, he really can't get that off because Betty comes out like with a with a haymaker right to the back of of her mom's proverbial dome. Yes. She's like, "Listen, mom, if you go to the police, I am going to tell everyone that I made it up and that blah 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 and everyone will think I'm crazy and what everyone thinks will be proven true that crazy runs in that family like mother like daughter." Which, Ooh. good job. And the mom's like, you wouldn't do that. And she's like, try me, sucker. I will. Oh, man. Um, but yes, like, she she also says that, like, you know, I straight up robbed Miss Grundy. I stole a gun. <laughs> I like, committed a crime. <laughs> Two weeks in a row, I have committed crimes. I do think, you think? I think, I think stealing a firearm is like a felony. I oh, think. 100% it's a felony. Absolutely. Um, it's probably three felonies right there, like yeah. B and E, uh, illegal possession of a firearm, and theft above a certain amount. Yeah, um, Grundy then says that she'll she'll quit she'll quit her job if that um, satisfies everyone. Um, she also has Alice to leave has... town, though. Says Alice. Yes. yes. Um, Archie protests, but it's it's settled. Like it has to happen now. Good. Um, I'm glad we can move past this arc. Um, and then we get to post the drive-in. Uh, Kevin and Sheriff Keller are returning home. Um, someone has broken in, and yes. they have stolen his true detective murder board. Uh, yeah, they, and we are left to wonder who done it. Yeah, uh, Veronica uh, confronts Hermione about the uh, serpent uh, at home. Uh, Hermione says that it was unfinished business of her father. Um, but Veronica isn't quite satisfied. Um, so she explains that Hiram, uh, her father, ex- uh, hired the serpents to lower the property value of the drive-in, um, and then so they uh, scoop paid it up. them. Yeah, and then paid them from an offshore account, which um, uh, is pretty dirty business, but makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, Hermione then explains that uh, all the nice things that have been in Veronica's life have been because of this kind of business that her father has been doing, which kind of, um, you know, kind of shatters Veronica's worldview a little bit. Yeah. Like, she's... Like, your like, your comfort is built off of exploit- exploitation in the backs of others. Like, you yeah. don't get to have it and pretend that's not how we had it. Yeah. Um, Fred and Archie return home, and they kind of have a moment where... Like, Archie is, like, just distraught in the car, and Fred, you know, explains, like, this this isn't your fault. That's You're not stupid. You're not dumb. This just, just how it's it not is. something you could really do. Yeah. Um, and they, they hug it out. They have a really nice tender moment together. It's a good scene. Yeah. Um, and then we go to another scene with a parent and a child where it's bad mom again. Yes. Uh, Alice says that Polly kept a lot of secrets and that she tried to grow up too fast. Um, and that uh, now Alice isn't going to try and keep any secrets between her and Betty. Except she does immediately. 
Yeah. This is the um, episode of parents saying one thing that is actually just a bold-faced lie. Yeah. Then uh, Betty immediately responds with a say my name moment. Say my name, say my name. Um, and that she isn't Polly and that Archie isn't Jason and stop treating them as though they were as an excuse to control her. Good um, job, Betty. You're so strong this episode. I'm so proud of you. Yes. Um, then Betty apologizes to Archie about the whole thing uh, via text message as they look at each other through their, their um, matching windows. Yeah, Archie. Sorry that I was looking out for you and didn't want you to continue to get molested. My bad. Uh, and then we get a little Betty voiceover. Be money with the Betty log. <laughs> Be money. All right. Be money. Um, oh, I forgot to mention Chuck in the last episode calls Veronica Velo. Oh, Lodge. All right. That's yeah. I, I can get it. I'm not sure that yeah. that's my that's it's, my it's, go-to. It's also kind of lame and yeah. maybe a little racist. I see that I do not get. I do not know where that's coming from. Oh, J Lo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess I, I I could see how some people would make the argument for that. I'm gonna give yeah. that one a probably not, but okay. I can see where you're coming from. Yeah. Also, who talks like that for real? I mean, um, I do it, but I don't do it genuinely. I yeah. talk like a goon, you know, to be a goon. Uh, Betty. Uh, Betty gives a little monologue about how um, love makes you do crazy things. Um. <sighs> And that maybe Miss Grundy uh, was dangerous in some way. Yeah, she was. Which we... Because while we're getting that, she's wearing those god, gosh darn pedophile glasses again and peeping <laughs> so... on some underage boys. <laughs> yeah, like she's she's, she's sucking doing on the, a straw look... again too. I think. <laughs> yeah, it's the exact same thing. Just oh my god! Like I really was expecting her to be like, "You boys want to ride, or do you want to ride me?" That's the thing, though, is that she apparently has put all of her worldly belongings in a VW bug, so I don't know how she's being able to drive safely at this point. She's got to live light. I mean, yeah. like, jeepers. But, uh, yeah. Uh, and so Betty's monologue continues about, you know, holding on and saying goodbye as we jump mm -hmm. to Juggy. Juggy? Uh, he's looking around the projection room, picking up some, some uh... Some mementos, packing them up, um, things like that. He looks at a photo of him and what appears to be his little sister, Jellybean. Um, who's, um, and then uh, before uh, leaving the drive-in, he vandalizes it, saying Jughead Jones was here, putting a little crown on it for like his little crown hat. Um, and then he is confronted by the serpent that we saw Hermione talking to, um, and then asking Jughead, where's he going to live now? To which Jughead replies, I'll figure it out, Dad. I always do. Bump, bump, bwah. What? So Mind that, blown. Oh, shit. I did not see that coming. I will be perfectly no, honest. I. I had no idea that that was going to hit. So, yes, we find out that Jughead's dad is the leader of the Southside Serpents. Or at least a major member of the serpents. He is the only serpent outside of Joaquin we need to care about. Yeah. At the moment. But, um... So, yeah, that's it. That is uh, Chapter 4, The Last Picture Show. This was a good episode. Yeah, it was definitely, it was definitely a lot better than the 
mess, the sticky maple of a mess of episode three. <laughs> yeah, um, it wrapped up some of the less interesting arcs that mm-hmm. we've sort of been ragging on the entire time. Um, we got some really good Betty development. Um, oh, yeah. I don't know, man. I, I We got some Jughead development, because Jughead kind of takes center stage in the next uh, two or three episodes. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, um, I don't know, man. I just feel like this whole episode was really freaking good. It, it, yeah, it, it, didn't was, it was... Accomplish too much outside of completely resolving one plot line, but mm-hmm. it sets the stage as well, which I'm very excited about. Yeah, um, and I'm, I'm I'm curious to see if if Grundy might be pulled back in at a later date with the whole the whole Jason thing. I do wonder as well because part of me kind of does wonder if she did do it. It's, I mean, it's entirely possible. Was she having a similar affair as she did with, like, Archie, but with Jason? And did it end, like, really poorly? Or, you know, what's 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 going on there? That's that's definitely something I'm, I'm looking forward to, to finding out. So. We have a lot, a lot to learn. And oh, yeah. many more places to go. Um, but, yeah, that this was a good episode. Uh, there's mm-hmm. definitely, for people who are listening to the podcast while they're watching each episode... This one definitely uh, puts a couple of questions to bed, but it's still, there's, I mean, who fired that gun and what did happen to Jason? Those are still big, nebulous mysteries. Yeah, exactly. More importantly, the new mystery, who stole the True Detective board and why? Ooh, yeah. Like, Uh, that only pushes us further. Somebody, somebody had to have known about it. Had to expected that Sheriff Keller was keeping some of uh, the evidence in his own house, which seems like poor, like police work, honestly. Yeah, but, really uh, not the best taking your work home with you like that. Yeah, and we we don't know if any actual evidence was there, or if it was just all like secondary files and things yeah, like that, copies like, and backups and stuff. Yeah, so uh, we'll we'll have to see what 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 becomes of that in some later episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if you want to get in touch with us, um, hopefully next episode we'll have uh, some emails and some tweets uh, or questions yes. or possibly even a guest. Maybe we could do a guest next week, Mr. Noah. Uh, yeah, well, we'll definitely have to see what we can uh, we can get set up. Yeah, we'll see what we can swing. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, our Twitter is at Maple and Blood. That's at Maple and Blood, all spelled out in full. Uh, mm-hmm. Our Gmail, my my good friend. Uh, our Gmail is mapleandblood at gmail.com. That's uh, mapleandblood, all spelled out, all one word, uh, at gmail.com. So, uh, for Maple and Blood, I have been your ghost host, Kyle Cardi. And I have been your... Oh, jeez. <laughs> the theme is undead, Noah. Oh, God. Um... Your I, I I can't rhyme so uh, okay I'm I'm when we I'm play, a zombie I'm a zomborg when we play uh, like kings or anything like that and like nines come up because I'm not sure if you've played kings or if you play kings differently less but nine uh, 
in some parts of, of New Jersey are is Buster Rhyme. If mm. I'm not the first person for Buster Rhyme or it gets back to me, I'm screwed. Like I seize up and I just <laughs> I, I don't know how to rhyme all of a sudden. Yeah, it's I'm terrible. I'm terrible at like at like rhyming and alliteration off the top of my head. Like it, it never works out. But yeah, like I've been your other ghost host, Noah Cardin. <laughs> I've been ghost too. Thank ghost. you very much for listening. Uh, all right, all right. let's Thank talk. Thank you.